Welcome to Intersect, where church meets culture. I'm Josh Desch, lead pastor at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina, and I am joined as always by my wife, the cool-headed Betsy. Hey. You ready for the debate stage? You're cool as a cucumber, (laughs) Betsy. Not always. (laughs) And we have a special guest with us today who I will introduce in just a moment. But we are back here on season three uh, at Intersect. And the title for today's episode is How to Be a Blessing, Blessing, Bless in all capital letters. And we will get to that in a moment. But now I'd like to introduce our guest. Pastor Jason Pittman is with us today. Good afternoon, Jason. Good afternoon, Josh and Betsy. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, so yeah, glad we're you're excited with us. to have you. Jason is a pastor here at NEPC. He is our pastor of adult discipleship and next generation ministries. And Jason, uh, we are really excited to share and have a conversation about how to be a blessing to those around us. Well, I'm glad to be here. I think this has been very impactful, not only in my own personal life but as well walking people in our church and our ministry through what this looks like relationally with other people and non-believers in particular. Uh, It's been very effective, so I'm excited to be able to talk through it with you guys. Great, great. Betts, uh, tell our audience when you and I first heard this acronym, BLESS. Well, Jason, you preached a sermon some time ago now, maybe. I don't know exactly when it is, when it was, using this acronym, and... um, that was just a really, I loved how you brought out the different aspects of what we'll discuss. And was that from Acts? Was that your sermon text? It may have been. I don't remember the exact sermon yeah. that I preached, but I do remember preaching through this. I had used it in student ministry quite a bit. We mm. use this a lot. We refer to it with our students and our leaders, but I do remember preaching it in the sanctuary And we got a lot of good feedback because some of those concepts, while they seem like they would be basic, uh, were very simple for people to work through Mm -hmm. in their own personal life. Yeah, Yeah, very easy to figure out how to apply. A great acronym. We never forgot it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we thought, you know what, this would be a great topic to talk through uh, because what what a reminder, Jesus told us in the Great Commission what our mission is, that's to make disciples. Mm -hmm of all nations, baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that Jesus has commanded us, knowing that he will be with us to the end of the age. So let's talk about this. Bless, B-L-E-S-S. Jason, walk us through each of the letters of this acronym and how we can use this to put fuel in our fire to reach others for the Lord Jesus. Absolutely. So the B is begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. And essentially, this is uh, starting each of our days with a view towards who are the people that God's going to bring across our path Mm. during the day that we can be a blessing to. Starting our day with some intentionality, with Mm -hmm. some purpose, and with some thought, uh, God, use me to bless someone today. And that Mm. could be someone in my own family circle or friend circle. Or it could be someone that God brings across our path in the day-to-day course of our life. I think if our hearts are open and sensitive to that uh, and prayerful about that, then 
it would be incredible to see the kinds of things that God might do in us and through us as we go about our day. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the concept is that we are beginning each day with an intense an intentionality of praying for God to bring those opportunities across our path and into our life. I love that. I think it's like you said, beginning with a mindset of who is God going to put in my path today um, that I can share with. I remember um, this was several months ago. I, I, I did pray. I don't always pray that in the morning, just to be clear. But one day, God put that on my heart, and I did. So I went to Walmart, and um, I came across an acquaintance I had just met a couple times, maybe. She was in a really bad place. Um, she told me she felt like she was having a panic attack. And I just walked with her in the Walmart. We, we talked. We, you know, I invited her to church. I don't, I don't know that she ever came. But my point being, I feel like that was a direct answer to my prayer. And again, not that I always pray that, but if we are, if we do pray that, it's really cool to see what God would do um, to, you know, bring people across your path. Absolutely. And as you well know, and it doesn't matter what age or stage you are in, if we don't have some intentionality and thought process to go about our days, then we are going to become consumed uh, with that, whatever, with whatever comes our way. Mm-hmm. That's right. And not give ourselves the space to be sensitive to what needs tyranny to be of the us. urgent. The tyranny yes. mm-hmm. of the urgent. That's yeah. exactly mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and I, lo- I love the broadness of the concept of blessing because it is broader than uh, the prayer, Lord. Uh, use me to lead a person to Christ today, which is a good prayer, of course, uh, and that God can absolutely and does answer that prayer, but it's a broader application. Lord, help me to to be a blessing. Use me in whatever way that you can. I know I find that helpful to me, uh, knowing that God could use me in a whole variety of ways. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It could be kindness, compassion, listening, serving someone. So, so many different ways we can be used by the Lord to bless someone during our day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good. Okay, so that's the B. Yeah, so let's go to the L. The L is listening or listen to the needs of others. Uh, so this is going to take uh, not just some intentionality and watching out for people across our paths, but this is going to take intentionality and actually uh, not just saying the things that are coming to our mind that we want them to hear, uh, but really being concerned about the well-being of the other person and really wanting to hear what is their story, what are their needs, what are their struggles. Betsy, you just uh, mentioned the, the acquaintance that you ran into at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Had you not stopped and really sincerely asked how she was doing, uh, were sensitive to the mood that she was in, there may have never been an opportunity for you to listen, but because you sincerely set that up, you were able to walk through the store with her and just really listen to what the needs and the concerns or the fears or the stresses were. So uh, this is, yeah, listening, being willing to have our two ears uh, operating at all times and Mm. listening to what is going on in the other person's life. Mm. Mm. That's not, yeah, it's not always easy. So It's so easy just to jump in and you know, interject how you think you can fix someone or, um, you know, I can see a better path for your life if you just did this. And not that there's not a place for that sometimes, but how important is it that we just become people who listen and hear people's hearts? Absolutely. And I would say also this takes time, this takes Mm -hmm. space. And so a lot of times we really have to evaluate our life and evaluate are we allowing time and space to listen to the needs of others? Mm -hmm. If we are so scheduled to the max 
uh, we're going to miss a lot of opportunities that we probably have uh, to not only listen to the needs of others, but in listening, you'll also get those opportunities to speak into someone's heart mm. and to speak into someone's life. Mm. Yeah, listening, that's great. It's very much a skill. Mm-hmm. It's very much a work. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we uh, we may think we're listening uh, a lot of times when we're really just ready to drive home our agenda. Are you waiting for the other person to stop talking? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is that is often the case for all of us, I yes, think. Yes, that's probably. me often. Yeah, yeah. Well, very important. So begin with prayer, but then we don't just begin with prayer and then sort of drive through and say, I'm going to take over the world today, but we have that sensitivity to the Spirit's leading. And then Jason, next, the E. Yeah, eat is eat with others. Uh, So we're sort of moving from, you know, we're beginning with prayer, kind of looking for needs as they come across our path. I would say listening, getting into eating, we're actually talking about probably establishing more of a friendship relationship base. So this might not just be, I mean, we're probably not going to ask the stranger in Walmart that we meet (laughs) and we're able to listen to a little bit of what's going on and be a blessing of kindness to them. This would probably be more in line of a friend that we're really trying to lead to Christ or that we're really engaged with relationally, um, eating with others. And, you know, if we really look through the Bible and trace the importance of food in Scripture, you find food at the center of a lot of incredible stories. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's um, so true. I think I'm of, so glad it's that way. <laughs> me too, because we all like food. Yeah. But it's, it's really, you know, the Last Supper revolved around a meal. If you think of Jesus and the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, uh, as after the resurrection, as he was explaining from Moses and the prophets who he was, the point of transformation was when they sat down at the table and had mm. dinner together. Mm. Uh, we see Peter's restoration happen on the beach as they were grilling fish at a campfire. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, we see the, the church scattered in homes, and part of what they're doing is breaking bread together. You just see this thread of food. Um, I think there's something supernatural that happens when you share a meal together, a cup of mm-hmm. coffee together. It gives you a great opportunity to listen to the needs of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in a more extended setting like a meal, there's probably also a flip side of being able to just to start to speak into the other person's life. And so this meal really opens the door for for our our opportunity to speak. Mm. I think it, there's something so powerful about either inviting someone into your home for a meal, or if that's not really your thing, maybe you take someone out to a restaurant to eat. There's something very precious that can happen around a table, I think. Um, you know, so much more than a quick conversation at church Uh, Sunday morning or, um, you know, a run-in with a a pal somewhere, when you sit down and eat, there's just a beautiful relationship that can develop. You know, you make someone feel like they have a place of belonging, Mm -hmm. and I think that's when relationships can really go to the next level. Absolutely. I mean, if we think of, we have essentially 21 meal slots a week. So what if we could reserve one or two of those a week just to have relationship building time with someone we are really seeking and praying through ministering Mm -hmm. to. Uh, I just think that provides a really great opportunity to see some great things happen. And let me just say this, um, you know, some people are very relational. It's very easy for them to sit down at a table and have a meal with someone or a cup of coffee. For some people, 
that can be a little intimidating. What are we going to talk about mm-hmm. for 30 minutes or an hour? Yep. Uh, just one word of encouragement. With someone I don't know very well, I always start the conversation with, tell me your story, uh, because that just opens the door for them to talk about themselves. We all like talking about <laughs> ourselves, and we don't know where that's going to lead, but as they're talking through their story with us, we're listening, and we're listening for those things that they come back to that we know there might be some cracks there uh, that we really want to start moving into. So that's just a great conversation starter over a mill and can lead to a lot of really great places. Mm. Um, I'm thinking, Betsy, of uh, in 2015, I led a mission team to Italy uh, to uh, do a mission trip outside of Milan. And the Italians really love to eat. I don't know if y'all know that. <laughs> they really like their their pasta and their wine. And we we all of our meals were like these seven-course extravaganzas. But we would sit around and we would generally sit around a table for two to three hours, hmm. something that we in America just don't do. And there was, in the Italian culture, to sit down over food, it was really the place where relationships were formed, where we shared our story, and where we did most of our ministry. And we had a lot of meals with Italians who weren't professing believers, but they knew this American team was coming in. They wanted to hear about America. They were interested. Um, So there really is something special about eating together. There's also something really special about uh, sharing the food of your culture with others. And that does have an ability to uh, help people from different cultures come together over something that we can we can share and we can enjoy together. So I know I have loved getting a chance to eat with others and those are those are some great points. I would say too when we think about eating with people like let's say you decide you want to have someone over it's there's a big difference I've heard this said between hospitality and like having a dinner party. That's not the same. You know, your 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 goal isn't necessarily to put on this amazing feast. It's just to share food with somebody, you know. So I think when we think of hospitality, we should set, not that you want something to be gross, but it's also not that you need this really extravagant meal or something that, you know, took you two days to prepare. Sure, because not everybody likes to cook or or people feel nervous about having people in their house. It's really just about opening your heart to extend an invitation, I think. Great word. You know, I have, I will say for myself, I have served some bad food to people. (laughs) Um, No, you haven't. You know I have. Um, I, I really have. I'm thinking of one time in New Jersey. Um, we were having a family over, and you know, I'm I'm not really a planner, so I knew they were coming, but I hadn't taken anything out. So I put this frozen roast in the crock pot, probably at like 2 p.m. And I was like, "Oh, it'll be fine." <laughs> it was not good. It was really, really not good. But we still had a great time with the family. I didn't apologize because, you know, when you apologize for your food, then it makes it awkward because they're yes. like, no, it is good. And you're like, no, we know it's terrible. So anyway, um, all, all that to say, you know, when we we just want to open our hearts and extend an invitation to someone, it doesn't need to be flashy, you know, beautiful food necessarily. Absolutely. <laughs> Unless that's your thing. <laughs> Josh, was the food in Italy better than Olive Garden? Oh my goodness, Olive Garden. I, I do give them a little credit for their breadsticks and salad, but let me tell you something. When you, until you've had an Italian grandma make you a, a tray of tiramisu, oh, you ain't lived yet. Oh, and man. they did bring out a different bottle of wine for every course. <laughs> <laughs> and I really don't think I saw intoxication, um, but but they love their food. And you know what? There was something, I remember this, another, just a, a little random thing here, but I remember they also said, you know, we Italians think it's so funny that you Americans eat in the car. We never eat in the car 
because for them, food was is almost this sacred thing. Like, I'm not going to eat in the car. I'm going to sit down at a table. And, enjoy and, it. and there's something we have lost with that because we're such a rush, rush, rush culture. But when you sit down, look some of the eyes, you got their attention. All right, so that was the E, eat together. So we've done B-L-E. Jason, take us to the first S. So the first S is serve others. So this, again, is going to take some intentionality. It's going to take some effort and some sacrifice. But this is what are practical, physical, tangible ways that we can come alongside our neighbors, our friends, acquaintances, whether they be strangers or people that we know well, and serve them. Uh, Some good practical examples, especially given the last couple of months, um, those first couple of months in quarantine, we had some, I knew young moms in our neighborhood, young families in our neighborhood. So every time I would go to the grocery store, I would text and say, hey, is there anything you need? Uh, Mm -hmm. Just pick up milk, snacks, whatever you need and bring them and drop them off on your front porch because navigating young kids and working in the home and school, all those things, that was a practical thing. Uh, We have some uh, neighbors next to us that are older and they're a a lot of times asking me, come change a light bulb or whatever we can do. Um, Just trying to be sensitive to needs that people have and tangibly trying to meet those needs. This is not, this is not hard. This is very easy, but it does take our time and it does take some effort. uh, And a lot of times going out of our way Uh, to try and serve someone. But this is a great way to people's heart. Um, And especially if we're talking about non-Christians or people that we really want to share the gospel with, if we are listening well and eating with them well and trying to serve them tangibly, then they realize this is more than just an agenda. This Mm -hmm. is more than just trying to add another uh, notch. Uh, This is, we, we really genuinely care and love these people and want to be friends with them and serve them regardless of whether or not they ever trust in Jesus. We Mm -hmm. still love them. And we don't just say, well, you don't want to become a believer. We'll move to the next person. How can I still come alongside of you and serve your family or serve you personally? Uh, So I think serving others is just a great way to continue ministering to those needs that we see. Mm. And again, that takes intentionality to... Look for ways to serve, yeah. Because sometimes those things come right across your doorstep, and you, you know, a need is presented to you. But sometimes it's not. You know, Absolutely. sometimes you need to go searching for search for I? the ways. Mm-hmm. But people certainly have those. They have those things. They have those ways. People are stressed. Childcare needs, pet sitting needs. I mm-hmm. mean, there are there are those needs out there, mm-hmm. and and that's great because that's really. Uh, putting our money where where our mouth is. That's Mm -hmm. really showing the love of Jesus. Okay, serve others. And then there's one more S. So the last one is share your story. Uh, Sharing your story really flips the script back onto you where you're really looking for and uh, seeing an opportunity to speak, to speak into someone's life. Uh, But I think sharing your own testimony or your own story of how you came to know Jesus, or maybe your own story of what God is doing in you at that time uh, that might relate with them or kind of help them connect with you is a really powerful tool. Mm -hmm. So whether we're sharing the story of how I became a Christian and just using that as an example of how Christ has saved me and redeemed me and changed me, and they can have that same hope in Christ, or whether it's sharing with them about God's faithfulness to me during a difficult time, as they're going through a difficult time, I just find that those things can really connect hearts together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so yeah, that's our fifth, fifth one in the acrostic here, sharing your story. 
Mm. Mm. All right. So I, I, th- I would imagine most of us who have known the Lord for any period of time or have grown up in the church, uh, we would say, you know, I've heard different methods of evangelism. I've heard, uh, you know, you can you can share the whole gospel just in the book of Romans. Uh, there's there's the uh, two questions from Evangelism Explosion. So, Jason, um, do you see a particular relevance to the BLESS acronym to our moment right now, to this generation, to this time? I do, and it's not to say that being ready and equipped to share the gospel with any of those methods that you've mentioned is is bad. We need to know how to share the gospel with someone mm-hmm. when the opportunity presents itself. Um, I love to refer to a guy named James Emery White. He's a pastor in Charlotte. Um, pastor Crow used to use him a lot, uh, referencing him in his sermons, but some of us in our church have read his books. Uh, he uses this evangelism sort of concept, if you can picture in your mind a number line, uh, going from negative 10 to zero. And if you say that zero on the number line is the point where someone becomes a Christian. Uh, so let's say in the last 20 to 30 to 40 years in the United States, and especially in the southern United States, most people were probably at like a negative two or a negative three. In other words, a lot of people shared a Judeo-Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. if you spoke with someone that wasn't a Christian, they more than likely still had a view of God as creator, probably an understanding of sin, and some concept of Jesus. And so to point them to trusting Jesus was a very small movement on the number line. And the further and further we get away from Judeo-Christian worldview uh, in our country, uh, the further and further down the number line people are starting Mm -hmm. in their process of coming to trust in Jesus. And so if you're taking a person from a minus 7 or a minus 8, the Romans road may not quite get to the heart yet because Mm -hmm. they don't even know that they're in need of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so a lot of times, starting with being a blessing to others, you're really broadening your ability to uh, befriend someone, build a relationship with someone, work through worldview issues and issues that they have as you're sort of moving them through. And so he really speaks about the idea that evangelism is much more of a process now than it is just like a moment or just a point in time. Uh, And so I think being a blessing to others really sets us up to walk people towards trusting in Jesus um, and with a little bit more intentionality. Mm. And so that's why I really love putting this into practice. That that's I think absolutely on point. And one expression that I've heard is uh, this idea of pre-evangelism. And I think the bless acronym captures both pre-evangelism and evangelism. And and I like that word process because for so many people it is a process. It's not that they don't need the Romans road, but they don't necessarily need it immediately. the The Holy Spirit hasn't prepared the ground yet. And I, I was thinking about First Corinthians chapter two. Paul says. What then is Apollos? What what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. And uh, how that came to my mind was thinking about, okay, Lord, what's the part that you want me to play? Um, I may may play the part of pre-evangelism. I may play the part of that and the evangelism. I may play the part of uh, right after the conversion. I I could play, or I may be involved in all of the parts of the process, but I do believe, Jason, you're absolutely right, to see it as a process uh, more and more because of 
people's starting points is so different from where mm-hmm. it was even just a few generations ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess a question that, that came to mind as I was thinking through this is, you know, here we are in the middle of a pandemic. We are told not to get close to people. <laughs> Don't get near anyone without a mask, you know. So how do we do this in the age of social distancing? How do we how do we continue to be a blessing when, you know, the we want to eat together and that's not as straightforward right now. Like how, how do we do this? What are some practical ways we can still seek to be a blessing while, you know, keeping in mind where we are right now? That's a great question. A uh, couple of my thoughts in regards to this and just how we've seen it play out in my life and the life of my family. Uh, I think one thing is our circles are becoming closer through the quarantine experience. In other words, we've sort of been forced to spend more time with our neighbors than we may typically Mm -hmm. have in the past because Mm -hmm. we can only hang out in our neighborhoods, or at least in the beginning stages of this quarantine, Mm -hmm. we were pretty much in our neighborhoods. Oh, we saw Um, so many neighbors that we hadn't even seen before, people coming out of their houses because that's all you can do. Absolutely. And so Uh that provided a lot of opportunities for us to really get to know the people next door and the cul-de-sac across the park. Um, to begin this process with people that we probably had a desire to, but this really forced that issue a lot Mm -hmm. better. So bringing those circles a little bit closer, I think that's been a blessing in some Mm. ways to us. Mm. Um, I think second, being kind to people in the midst of a very stressful time uh, within our society and in their lives right now, um, I think that's really important for us as followers of Jesus. People are stressed out about school. People are stressed mm-hmm. out at the store. People mm-hmm. are stressed out about so many different things. And so if we can be sort of the that kindness and compassion to people that we know are in stressful situations, I think that goes a long ways. Um, two others I, I had ideas about is a lot of people have more comfort in a smaller setting. Um, versus a larger setting right now. So looking for those people that are still comfortable Mm -hmm. on the patio, on the porch, in the park, something like that. And then I think last, everybody still wants to be heard. And especially with a lot of controversial issues that are taking place in our world, Mm -hmm. just to give people an opportunity to voice their opinions and their ideas without running to conclusions about them Mm -hmm. uh, and just listening and Mm -hmm. listening to their perspective and listening to where they're coming from. Um, I think those things can still be done in the midst of a COVID era uh, where we can still reach out and be a blessing to others. It may look a little different, uh, but those are some thoughts I had Mm. on on that issue. Mm. And we can certainly continue to begin with prayer that God will give us opportunities, even in a creative way that we hadn't thought of before. I really, um, I know that our hearts are, um, all of our hearts here, we don't want to lay a burden of guilt on anyone Um, But I think as we grow to know the Lord more, we want to develop that outward-facing mindset of saying, okay, you know, maybe I need to be more creative, but how can God use me today? How can I be an instrument in the Redeemer's hands, as Paul Tripp says? Um, And I think God will give us that creativity to reach out within the context that he's put us in. Um, So that's not to say that all of our listeners need to go you know, and plan a dinner party or something right the second. But but to begin, maybe maybe for some of us it's a it's a different mindset or, you know, kind of moving down the road of thinking a little bit more 
missionally of that outward facing yeah. mindset. And, and the BLESS acronym uh, will will most likely be a process in our own lives. Absolutely. So the first challenge is, you know, will you, will you begin with prayer every day? Absolutely. Can you get that going in your life? Can you build that pattern? And that goes for us just as much as anyone else. Absolutely, you know? yeah. And then, of course, I really believe that, you know, there is going to be a vaccine. There is going to be a return. And it's going to, this, uh, one of the things we'll look back on this pandemic and say is sort of, what did I do with it? Mm -hmm. I mean, the Lord gave it to me. The Lord made me stop all these other things. You know, what's the most uh, common thing I think that we heard when you said to someone, how are you doing uh, in the last five years? I've heard, I'm so busy. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm so busy. Well, what else could God do other than a pandemic to slow us down? Right. (laughs) And now that he has done that, uh, what will we do with it? Mm -hmm. So Jason, thank you so much. Pastor Jason Pittman, for a phenomenal bringing this acronym, which you have taught so well to our students and to our adults. Again, the acronym is BLESS. Begin with prayer. Listen to the needs of others. Eat with others. Serve others. And share your story. That's good stuff. Jason, um, one thing we like to talk about on Intersect is what we're reading. Did you have anything you wanted to share? Any good books you've been reading recently? Yeah, let me mention one that I've been reading. Um, so Gordon McDonald, he's a longtime pastor. He's retired now. I think he lives up in New Jersey. Um, I've listened to some of his interviews, and uh, he's just really been a great pastor to me, to my heart, my mm. soul. And one, one of the things I'm reading, I've actually read it before, but I felt like this was another good time, is Ordering Your Private World. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that Really, wor- Yeah, great read. Uh, just really working on the inner part of my heart, my soul, um, making sure that that is healthy. Um, because if that's healthy, that really looks healthy on the outside as well. Um, and so he's just been really a great teacher. I would recommend it to anyone, especially if you're, if you feel like you're anxious, if you feel like you're so busy, you can't ever stop and slow down long enough to even spend time with the Lord. That's a great work to help sort of reset your heart. Uh, so I really encourage anyone to to grab a copy of that. It's a really well done book. Hmm. I would second that. Great book, Ordering Your Private World by Gordon McDonald. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. Bet you want to tell us where they can find us? Yeah, if you have any feedback for us today, go ahead and send us an email. It's in, intersect at anyprez.com. Again, you can find our Facebook group on um, Facebook, obviously. That is uh, Intersect Podcast of NEPC. And don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you can get a notification when we have a new episode. See you next time.